This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. This is Father Joseph Anthony Kress. Welcome to Godsplaining. Thanks to all of those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Joseph Anthony, how's it going? How are you? Man, we're doing it. We're really doing it. We're like, yeah, in the last final push of Lent, I think we got another week and then Holy Week and it, it's all there. But um, just getting in the middle of, of all this chaos is like, I constantly forget that Lent is a time of preparation for Easter. And so like, I, I feel like I'm in the middle of Lent right now where it's like constantly trying to make sure, am I doing Lent right? Am I doing all the things? Have I kept up with all my penances and prayers? Like I'm doing it right. I'm doing Lent and not really focusing on the fact that we're almost at Easter and, and it's about preparing for the Easter season. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting time, but things are going all right. And the semester just keeps on trucking, uh, got through spring break. All right. And, uh, yeah, we're just keep on going. Nice. You were in Peru for spring break, right? I was, I was down in Lima, Peru, and we work with a fantastic, uh, local organization called Bridges down in Lima that worked in Pamplona, which is a section of the city that's up on the mountains. And we helped to um, build a retaining wall so that the local uh, neighbors up in that area could get um, water on a regular basis so that the water trucks could go up there. And so it was unbelievable. Love Peru. The Peruvian food is fantastic. Oh my goodness. The people are just joyful and wonderful. And got to work side by side with a lot of Peruvians, you know, co Peruvian college students, as long as as well as our college students. So yeah, it was all around just a great trip. Loved it. It's awesome. That's very cool. I just sat here on spring break. That's not true. I did things on spring. No. What did I do? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think ours was before yours. So it was a few weeks ago. Um, I worked. I guess that's it. So yeah, it happens. Yeah, not as Sometimes exciting, like but no, I have Spain coming up for, for with the Camino trip. Uh, that we're hosting on God's Winning. So that's that's kind of my foreign that's, escapades. Yeah, that's your first trip on the Camino, right? That's the first time you've ever done the Camino? Yeah, it will be. Yep. Yeah, I've wow. never been to Spain either. I've been a okay. bunch of other places in Europe, but never Spain. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so it should be good. Uh, Get your boots broken in now, man. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm just going to wear... I'm not going to... Well, nobody cares what, what I'm going to wear, but I'm not going <laughs> to wear boots. So um, I'm going to wear trail runners, more like you know, those kind of like sneaker boot things. So sneaker boots. Um, yep. So it'll be fine. If everybody else wants to know what else I might be carrying in my pack or that sort of thing, don't, doesn't, isn't there like a YouTube channel? Actually, I think it's for tennis. I think like the ATP tennis channel, or maybe it's uh -huh. another one does like when they, they, they have this thing where they interview famous, you know, pro elite tennis players and they'll mm -hmm. like go through like what's in their bag or whatever, you oh, know, yeah. when they like their big tennis thing, like I could, you know, we could do that I'm on the Camino. If you did that with me and Father Gregory, I would have far too many things and Father Gregory <laughs> would have not enough things. Not, not enough things, so, yeah. That's yeah, a big thing so. in uh in golfing world is like the what's in the bag, like oh what oh, kind okay. of clubs they yeah. have and like what kind of gear and, and all that fun stuff. So actually I would love to see a what's in the bag between you and Father Gregory because it would be it would be very much could different. be pretty hilarious. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> stay tuned, maybe future attractions. Yeah. Uh, anyways, love it. Uh, love it. less about what I carry and more about the topic of today's episode. So uh -huh. as Father Joseph Anthony was saying, 
Lent, obviously, we know, uh, though we might forget sometimes, but we know that Lent is a, a time of preparation, particularly for Easter, but also a time to like kind of revisit some of the, the basic tenances, observances of our and disciplines of our faith, perhaps in a more intense way, but to, to sort of like a, we could say like a spiritual reboot. Um, so for the last couple of years, the last few years during Lent, uh, we've tried to match that on God's planning by having different back to something. So back to basics, I think we did in 2020, back to virtue yep. uh, series back in 21. And this is Lent, we've done back to belief, sort of some of the basics of our belief, of, of our faith and our, of what we believe. So if you remember, or if you've listened, we had episodes through the weeks of Lent on truth, revelation, God, Christ, church. And this week we're talking about the sacraments, um, that order. Yeah, it's not an accidental order, um, especially the last four, you know, God, Christ, church, and then the sacraments, the sacraments coming from Christ and trusted to the church. Um, and I guess kind of, you know, in some way, we could say even in a cyclical way, leading us back to God. So we're going to talk about the sacraments today. Uh, we're going to talk about, I think, kind of three things to cover them. First, what are they? Uh, second, why are they? Because um, they are, I mean, other Protestant denominations have some sacramental i mean i think baptism obviously is the most common but have some sacramentality to them more or less but i think when we think sacraments it's a particularly catholic thing so like why the sacraments why is there so much stock in the sacraments and then a little bit on sort of living a sacramental life uh which is kind of at the heart of the of the christian life so but let's start sounds with like the a first plan. yeah sounds like perfect a plan. let's roll someone thought about this huh i guess <laughs> Maybe. uh what so let's talk about what are they there are a whole host of different definitions longer shorter more what theological spiritual canonical you can find different definitions augustine's perhaps is the shortest that a sacrament is a is a is a, a sign of a sacred thing but we're going to use saint one of saint thomas's definition of a sacrament and kind of break that down to get at like the heart of what a sacrament is so here it is here goes saint thomas's one of saint thomas's definitions of a sacrament a sacrament is an efficacious sign of grace instituted by Christ and entrusted to the church by which divine life is dispensed to us. So efficacious sign of grace instituted by Christ and trusted to the church by which divine life is dispensed to us. Let's break that down out of order, but perhaps in an order that is more uh, uh, conducive to kind of understanding how, how it works. So let's start with the most general thing that a sac sacraments are signs, right? Yeah. So let's start there. What does, what does that mean, father? I mean, it's, Signs bring about two major points with us is it's something tangible, right? It, it's, it's a thing, right? And in that kind of tangibility, there's, uh, there's matter involved. So it's, it's a thing, right? It's not just a, a, a thought or an intention, but it's, it's something, right? But all signs point to something else or they point towards something. And, Think of uh, what is like the road signs, like when you're you're driving down uh, 29 from D.C. to Charlottesville. If you ever have to drive that, I you know it's just random uh, two cities there. But uh, you're driving down 29, you see that sign that says Charlottesville 20 miles, right? It's pointing to the reality of the city of Charlottesville that's 20 miles away. So it's pointing you towards something. It's directing you in a certain area, but it's directing you to a reality elsewhere. And is pointing, signifying uh, something else. And so signs are this kind of tangible corporeal thing that is directing you or pointing or drawing your attention to another thing. 
And we're then kind of talking a little bit about the uniqueness of what a sacramental sign is, but we do have to understand that's the basis element of when we start to say signs, that it's a thing that points and directs you to, to another. Right. Yeah. Father Josephine used the example, and I think we'll use it kind of as we walk through the, defini the, the definition or the parts of the definition of the, of the road sign. So let's look at like a sacrament, then we'll just use baptism for, for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What is the physical, tangible sign uh, that's used in baptism? Well, it's, it's the pouring of water, the, the use of actual water being poured over the baby or the catechumen's head. So there you have the sign. There's the physical reality. But they're not simply signs, right? Because as the definition says, they're efficacious signs. We believe that they, they, the physical sign that we have before us, that we can see present before us, that we can observe, you know, sense, see, hear, sometimes smell the various part. You know, if you're a mass, you think the incense, like these kind of things, the smell of the oils that are used, um, right? They're signs, but they're efficacious and they affect, we could simply say this, mm -hmm. they affect what they signify. So, um, yeah, let's use baptism. And again, as a quick example here, uh, we have the physical sign of the pouring of water. We know that water um, cleanses, right? We, mm -hmm. When we bathe, we use water to get clean. We clean things with water. In the sort of, um, in the kind of ancient mind, I think more so than ours, water also is a symbol of death. Um, that, that like, obviously water, the ocean, the seas are often seen as a place of danger and chaos and um, we have this even in the gospels and the storms on, on the sea, when Christ mm -hmm. walks on the water and calls people, you know, so you have all these examples. So water is a symbol of death. Baptism is also a death to sin. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have these physical signs, but what they point to is the reality, the spiritual reality of being cleansed from sin in this sacrament, right? So baptism cleanses us from sin. It's what it actually does. It's what the sacrament affects, but it does so using the sign. So as father Joseph Anthony was saying, you have the sign that that's real, this real sign that points to us a supernatural spiritual reality that is that is really at the heart of what the sacrament is. Um, so efficacious signs. Uh, and there's a difference here, right? Like if you think right. about the analogy of, uh, of the road sign, there's a difference between this sort of sign and the sacramental sign, right? Between like a highway sign that signifies like Charlottesville's 20 miles away um, than what the, what the sacrament does. Uh, what, like, how is that, how is that kind of, different, I guess, than what a normal kind of like road sign might be. Yeah. And this is the unique, right? When we start talking about sacraments, we are talking about a specific kind of sign. And what's unique about sacraments is exactly what you're saying is that they affect what they signify. They cause the reality that is signified or that the sign is pointing to. So uniquely with like a highway sign, road sign, that when you see that sign that says Charlottesville 20 miles away, it doesn't bring into existence the city exists, like the city itself. It doesn't bring into existence the, you know, the, the chamber of commerce and, you know, all of these other aspects, the tax code or whatever it is that makes the city itself. It doesn't cause it. It just points to it. Sacramental signs differ. And this is why they're a unique kind of sign is that a sacramental sign does cause what it signifies. So in baptism, when we are signifying cleansing, that's actually happening 
in in a spiritual way it's causing it so by the water being poured the this the the cleansing is taking place and so that's what we mean when we call these efficacious signs is that these are a unique kind of sign sacramental signification is unique because it's also connected to causality and and that's what differs in, and sets this type of signage apart and unique from every other signage yeah and that's that's the word right causality uh the, the highway sign doesn't cause the existence of charlottesville even though it says the name charlottesville on it. but the sign of baptism the water being poured does cause the effect of mm -hmm. baptism the spiritual cleansing the becoming a son or daughter and of Christ, an heir to the kingdom, divine friendship, you know, it does cause that. So all of that. So I love it. We're, we're going to talk more about causes and stuff as we go through. But the next part here is that the sacraments are instituted by Christ. Super important. Um, there are different um, sort of schools of theology, orthodox schools of theology, different solid theologians that will say, will will um, acknowledge that instituted by Christ, but in what ways is where the question is. Um, but we can at least all agree on, and this is what the church teaches that there, that all of the sacraments, the essential part of the sacrament is instituted by Christ. Um, now you can think let's use baptism again, right? Uh, baptism, Christ did not, uh, create the current rite of baptism that we have. So if you were to go to a baptism and you have all the different parts, the readings that are used, the anointings, the, yeah, all the different prayers that are used throughout the baptism. Christ didn't sort of sit down and codify that. He didn't write that out, that it needs to be done in this way. But what he did say is that at the end of the gospel of Matthew, we can think that, um, he says, go therefore and baptize all nations in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Uh, so when we think about the essential part of baptism, it's, we have the pouring of water has to be done. And the, the, the Trinitarian formula, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, we can identify that for each of the seven sacraments. Um, but we also recognize that part of what is handed on to us is through, through the church. Uh, and the church um, creates these rites inspired by the Holy Spirit around the essential form so as to prepare us for the sacrament and to prepare us to go forth from the sacrament. So like mass, by way of example. The essential part of mass is having bread and wine in the words, this is my body, this is my blood. But everything before, the penitential rite, the readings, the homily, the creed, all the prayers after communion, they all help dispose us to receive the sacrament well. Right. Yeah. And then we can move here, because we just started talking about the church, that they're instituted by Christ, but entrusted to the church. The church we talked, I was just saying, they they create, we have these rites around the sacraments, mm -hmm. but it's entrusted to the church how, um, entrusted to the church as like how, I mean, one, how we receive them, right? But what does that mean that like it's entrusted to the church, that the sacraments are entrusted to the church? Well, before we dive into the church, well, th there's like a, a beautiful connection here. But when we talk about the fact that these are signs, these are unique signs that cause what they signify, where do they gain that capacity? Where do they have that power? And this is what we mean is we do trace them back to Jesus Christ because he is the one who, uh, you know, and all things were created in him and through him and with him. And so he retains that power and he then acts in this way in creating the sacraments, in instituting the sacraments, in this new signification that also causes their power to do such a thing 
is from Jesus Christ himself. And so, like, think of how many times water has been poured on people, right? And water's been thrown on people. And they haven't been cleansed of, of their sins in a spiritual way, right? But it's because that Christ, in his power, in his creative power, has attached and in, in given these actions, these words, these signs, the, um, the power to do these types of things. And so it has to be drawn from him. This, these efficacious signs have to be rooted and founded in his power. Now, as he has given that these signs, his, his power to do these types of things, then he entrusts them to his church, but not as, um, not like as a third party type of a thing, but in, in total uniformity in union with him, because the, it's his spirit that he gave to his apostles, right? That he continues to give to us is his spirit, his, his various spirits. So as the Holy spirit is active it's not active as a different action because it's his same power. That's the, the Trinity that draws us into union with him. The Holy Spirit draws us into union with Christ as Christ looks at the Father. So the entrusting the care in the um, activity of these efficacious signs is in union with the Holy Spirit that he gave to his apostles and to the church. It's the same spirit that's active. And that's why we can be confident then 2,000 years later when we do these actions and we uh, affect these signs that the realities are also affected because it's the same spirit that's operating um, in these types of things. Right. And entrusted to the church, the church as the body of Christ, right? We understand yes. that the church is the body of Christ that still ministers and, and, and gives, we could say, the effects of the, of the crucifixion and the resurrection to its members. Um, through, through, I mean, this, we had an episode on the church, so, but through the hierarchy, through the, um, through the, through the, through the clerical kind of ranks, the priests who act in the person of Christ dispense his grace and his life, which is the last part right? That yes. the sacraments, this is kind of the question of like, what do the sacraments do? Well, the sacraments give grace um, and, and rekindle, reestablish divine life in us. So like the question of then, okay, this is, this is their efficacious signs of grace. They give grace. They're instituted by Christ and entrusted to the church as Father Joseph Anthony uh, was explaining, by which divine life is given to us, by which mm -hmm. grace is given to us. So it's like, there's the answer to like, what do the sacraments do? Firstly, they remit sin, right? When we talk about baptism, they forgive sin. When we that that's the first thing of the sacraments, each in their own way. They remit sin, uh, but the Christian life is not simply about not sinning; it's about divine life, about sharing in divine life. Yes. So each of the sacraments, they remit sin for what? To perfect the soul, to heal us of our sin, to strengthen us, and to what we say to elevate our human nature so as to participate in the divine nature. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Each of the sacraments do that. And that's simply what the sacraments do. There's, you know, there's, it's not, <laughs> I mean, it's complicated, right? There's more to say about well, yeah. it. But like, I mean, there's, there's many base, layers at yeah. it, but like, right. sometimes the we foundation can over-engineer like, it. We can overcomplicate yep. it and forget that it's really about allowing us to be united and receive divine life and perfect the soul. Yep. And I'm so thankful and so happy. It's like, yes, the, the sacraments, um, you know, in, in specific ways, but the sacraments, they, 
allow us to remit sin, to be forgiven of our sins, because what does sin do? It separates us from God. So it's not just all about the quote unquote, the nose, and it's not the negative of things. It's always like trying to force the negative, but it's actually allowing us to be drawn into the yes in the positive of this. Sin mm -hmm. is taken away, not just to take away sin. Sin's taken away to allow us to be perfected in our soul, to be united to God, um, to live in that baptismal identity of being a child of God. And that's so exciting. So all the sacraments then are, are built upon that and drawing us into this deeper union of the divine life, um, allowing our humanity to be elevated now to receive divinity, because that's not our capacity. We can't climb to the divine status, but we can receive it as a free gift uh, from the right. Lord. And that's what the sacraments do. And it's about that kind of, yes, that kind of union with the Lord in perfection and the soul in a virtuous life. Yeah. And if we look at the sacraments then, right? So I mentioned probably listening, you guys know, but I mentioned there are seven. We get the, why are there seven? Well, that's because what Christ instituted. Um, we could talk about that, but we're not going to, uh, because that's super hypothetical. Like why aren't there eight? Why aren't there six? Um, not really that important for the conversation, but the, if we look at the division of the sacraments, um, how, like how they're lumped together, we can see exactly this point, the remission of sin and the perfection of the soul or the uh -huh. giving of divine life. So we talk about the sacraments of institution, or, or, right? The sacraments of it, sorry, of initiation, not institution. Initiation. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, of initiation, right? You the have your CFO, your CEO, your, and the, uh, yeah. Chief, yeah, that's the yeah. sacraments uh, of the institution. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, but we have baptism, confirmation, and Holy Eucharist are the three sacraments by which like, are, are, we, we enter into the Christian life. Obviously, first through baptism, strengthen and confirmation, and then receiving Christ continually strengthened and, and growing in, in that. Then you have the sacraments of healing, reconciliation and anointing of the sick. That when we're either, uh, when, we, when we have sin, either our soul is sick or body is sick and or both. Um, there are sacraments that strengthen, heal um, and prepare us uh, to, to continue to cling to Christ. And then the sacraments of like states of life. I don't know. That's probably the least convenient name or out of the three names, but we can think of matrimony for marriage and holy orders for ordination. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can see how in each of these each of these sacraments, there's the remission of sin, uh, at least somehow associated to it, certainly more clearly in baptism, reconciliation, anointing. Um, but all aimed at the perfection of the soul and divine yes. life, right? So like baptism, when you're when you're newly in the church, when you're a new Catholic, you are, you know, you're given all the graces, all, all the infused virtues, you're made a child of God, these kind of things. Confirmation seals that the Eucharist is Christ himself. Reconciliation forgives sin, as Father Joseph Anthony was saying, so as to enter into divine life, friendship with Christ. We're anointed when we're near death because death is a great trial and we're strengthened in our last moment so as to cling to Christ and hope in the resurrection. In the state of marriage, our soul is perfected uh, through the bond of marriage together, husband and wife pursuing holiness, and the priest perfected through um, through his service to the church, through his conformity to Christ. So you have this whole kind of, uh, the sacraments kind of touch each part of our life so as to well, forgive our sins and strengthen us. I love this because we know this arc, right? We know the arc of this life in a very human context, in a very human way. But we we kind of, when I see people that have fallen away from a sacramental life, they don't realize how much of their humanity they're neglecting as, as human beings, we are what body soul, right? And 
this is uh, so important that we have to to know this that that our humanity is is a union of body and soul, and so we see the 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 bodily arc of uh, all of this life. But we don't realize that there's the spiritual arc as well that the sacraments mm-hmm. help to foster. So we have birth, but we also have our spiritual birth and baptism. You know, you go through your maturity, you go through growing your growth spurts and all of that throughout your teenage years and, and the maturity to become an adult. Um, and there's the confirmation, which is the maturity of what began at baptism, right? The, the completion of what began at baptism is the fullness of the Holy Spirit and confirmation. We need uh, food to eat, right? We need nourishment. And there's our spiritual nourishment in the very body and blood of Christ, the bread of angels and, and the Eucharist. Um, you know, we have illnesses sometimes, you know, more general illnesses or like very uh, acute illnesses. And that's where the sacraments of healing come into play with the forgiveness of sins or like kind of a very acute anointing of our, our illness, both bodily and in spiritual illness there. And then those states of life, right? You enter into new states of life in a natural way, but also there's a spiritual state that that those things attach so like you see that the sacraments then address the entirety of our humanity in in that they kind of mirror each other uh spirit and nature um are not foreign to each other in this way and that the the sacraments then it instill and i don't want to say impose i mean maybe invite but like they offer unique spiritual graces for the entirety of those uh aspects of our life and that's what we talk about grace and divine life in the sacraments coming into the entirety the absolute entirety of our human uh life right and i think through through that sort of that recognition of the the body the spiritual those those worlds i that sound, worlds makes it sound too dualistic know, yeah. but those components of our life you can see then you can begin to see well why an answer to why the sacraments um so let's like we have a handful of minutes left so let's talk about okay. that for a minute um why the sacraments we could say which would be unsatisfying true but unsatisfying the sacraments because that's what god intended god gave us the sacraments so but that's However true that is, um, it's not ultimately satisfying because our minds are also made to know. So we can say God gave <laughs> us these, but why did God give us these? If we look at St. Thomas, when he talks about this, the sacraments, he gives three really interesting reasons as to why the sacraments, besides why God did it this way, so we have to do it this way. Um, uh, and the three, we've kind of talked about pieces of it throughout. So yeah, yeah. the three reasons that Thomas gives, first is that is he gives an because of the human anthropology because of how we are made mm-hmm. as human beings um, that our intellects and wills our minds and our hearts are led to the spiritual through the the physical this is why sacraments are are signs right that we're we have because of the way we're made and the way we understand things we experience things through our senses and then we can think about them and we could have thoughts about them so i can see a tree outside and then i can think about what like nature is so too in, in the sacramental life, I can see the pouring of water in baptism, and I can then understand, begin to understand the spiritual reality of that cleansing, of what a cleansing would look like, translating from what I can sense and experience physically to the spiritual. Um, so God wants us to access him as it were, that's a weird way to say it, but to have like ready access to him. So God gives himself to us in ways that are readily accessible. In ways that are right, you know, that we can approach easily. The simplicity of the sacraments is there for our sake, but it leads to this sort of 
complex beauty and and the the bigger picture kind of thing. So that's the reason. First one. The second one he talks about is because they're a remedy to sin. Thomas says we're we're attached to the physical world. We're attached to sensible things. Um, therefore, God begins with sensible things. This is kind of like we could say this in contemporary terms. God meets us where we are. You like Love that? that. Love that. Yeah, so God meets us, and quite literally, I mean, <laughs> but yes, the incarnation, exactly. right? The uh -huh. incarnation. Uh, and the last thing is what Father Joseph Anthony was talking about, that um, we, you know, th with the bodily, we're hylomorphic beings, body and soul, uh, but we are prone to the physical. So we need some physical thing to be offered uh, to heal us. We need, like, the physical world re is redeemed in the sacramental world. Um, so where water was once a sign of death, in baptism, water is a sign of death, but it's through that death that we rise with Christ. So the physical world is also changed in a way to mm -hmm. save us, to heal us. So they, I mean, some reasons we could attribute more, we could, we could talk about them in different ways, but Father Joseph Anthony, we've talked about what the sacraments are, what they do, why, some reasons why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about in the last couple of minutes here, like, how do we enter and how do we live the sacraments? And perhaps like with Easter coming up, we renew those of us who are baptized, renew our baptismal promises at Easter. Like this, it's sort of like a, it's not like a recommitment in ways, but you know, we, we have this moment to like recommit. Yeah, I guess it is right to our it's, baptism. It's not, it's so, not like a, a redoing of baptisms. Like, ah, I messed up. I got to re I got to get rebaptized, but it's, it's a, it's a newer commitment. It's a, it's a right. new commitment to something that we've already uh, received. Yeah. And in that, a way to kind of, or in that recommitment to perhaps look at our sacramental life anew, mm -hmm. you know, as Lent is a time for, for preparation, rebooting the spiritual life. So too, perhaps Easter and Lent, but Easter, a way to kind of reboot our sacramental life. What, like, how do we live or begin to live the sacramental life more intentionally, better? Like, what does that mean? How do we kind of, yeah, it's great to know about them, but like, how, how do we live with them and in them? Um. Oh man, this is opening up a whole Pandora's box for me. Okay, um, I, I think the first thing is to be able to um, start to engage in the sacraments in less of a spectator way. We're not just like watching these things, but these sacraments are for our engagement. These words, these actions, and, and all that's happening is to really kind of think through that, right? We talked about how Christ instituted the sacraments, they did not institute the um, the rituals, right? And and those are by the guidance of his spirit over the generations. But let those rituals, the liturgy, is to dispose us to better receive the graces and the sacraments. So let's pay attention to that. So let's read the prayers, right? Just don't sit, don't stand there and like stare off in the distance, but read the prayers and and, and read the readings along and diving into this in that way. The other thing that I want to say here is because the sacraments are tangible because we are human beings and we are now in the great gift that the lord has given to us they are sanctified through these tangible realities stop living in a virtual world we need to stop uh being so connected and maybe even entangled in virtual reality but the more that we can understand the tangible realities in front of us, the more that we are better disposed to our encounter with the spiritual realities communicated through the tangible. And so I think it's really, really helpful that we start to kind of allow ourselves to be rooted in creation, 
to see how the Lord then sanctifies creation and sanctifies us through his actions in these signs. So um, I think those are two really important things to do is actually pay attention and intentionally engage in the lit- liturgy to, to better be disposed, but also to stop and, and to distance ourselves from a virtual reality and actually be enveloped in a created reality. Yeah. And I think too, like living in addition to that, or as part of that, like living the sacramental life means like knowing what the sacraments are for. I think like confirmation is the sacrament that gets beat up a lot um, because it's kind of like Catholic graduation. That's how it's approached, but it's really not. So this, I could say this about each of the sacraments, but it might be worth like digging out the paragraphs of on the sacraments in the catechism and checking those out because each of the sacraments give us a particular grace to live to live the faith and to live with Christ. And we, I mean, just because of bad catechesis, I think we all suffer from it or, you know, lack of catechesis. Um, if we don't know how a sacrament is, is sort of how the Lord intends these graces to be working in our lives, we can't ask for those graces and cooperate them with, uh, with them as well. So, it, you know, it's, it's sort of like uh, getting to know the sacraments and the gifts that you've been giving it, given in them. And the great thing about the catechism too on, on, a lot of things, but especially on the sacraments is all the footnotes. Um, you oh, don't have yeah. to read them all, but you can see how they relate. They're not just sort of pulled out in like a vacuum from the New Testament, like they're rooted in the Old Testament and through the Old Testament sacrifices. And and you could see the development and the catechism is very good at giving little snippets of that. So if you're looking for something to look at over the coming last couple of weeks of, of Lent or into the Easter season, that might be something, you know, often the catechism isn't the most exciting, but it can be super really, helpful. Really good, um, that's a really good point because I think if we have have a not necessarily have no idea what the sacraments do, but maybe we have a confused idea of what they do, mm. then we can be totally missing the graces that the Lord has in front of us. The sacrament of confession is about the remission of mortal sin, right? But that also means that we are available to receive the graces of God in the remission of venial sins at other opportunities in the penitential rite of the mass, you know? And that confession isn't, a counseling service in confession isn't just to talk about bad things in life, but it's actually very specific about our sins. So having going back to the catechism, understanding the core and the graces that are available in each sacrament can help us from approaching it in a confused way and then being frustrated when it's like, well, that did nothing for me. Well, you weren't approached like you were approaching it as it's something different than what the Lord intended to be. And that's why there's a frustration there. Yeah. Well, there you have it, I guess, a bit on the sacraments. Of course, there's a lot more to say about it, but such is life, Uh, at least (laughs) a place to start. So um, this is the, our last sort of Lenten uh, back to belief episode. So hopefully the, you know, over the course of the weeks of, of Lent, these have been helpful for you. Um, You can always go back and listen to, to others if you hadn't, if you hadn't, listen to the one on the church, that might be helpful to understand the sacraments a bit more, et cetera, those, those kind of things. So um, as the weeks of Lent wind down, know that we're, we're definitely keeping you in our prayers and uh, as Easter approaches, for sure, keeping you in our prayers. So thanks again to all of our supporters. If you'd like to help out with our work, uh, please check out our, our Patreon page at patreon.com slash godsplaining. If you're looking for a last little um, uh, alms giving for the season of Lent, We'd, we'd sure, surely appreciate appreciate whatever you're able to give to help uh, keep the podcast running and keep it growing. 
Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. All of those things help help us immensely in the sort of algorithms to get seen and hopefully spread the news of the gospel through that. Visit godsplaining.org to shop our merchandise, to get dates and information for our upcoming Godsplaining events, especially our three retreats, two in July, one in August. We're really excited about those. Spaces are, are starting to fill up. So if you're thinking you might need a little um, retreat in the summer before the fall uh, gets going again, um, check that out. Really encourage it. it last summer was it was really awesome. We enjoyed it a lot. So hopefully see you at one of those. And until next time, we will be praying for you, pray for us, and God bless.